Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm the founder of Journey to Success Radio. And the reason I set this up and the purpose of the show is to interview people who are making a positive contribution to the world. And today's show qualifies for that in a big, big way. Uh, We're interviewing an amazing friend of mine, someone I was a pastor of ours, my wife and I. I spent a lot of time with at our church. And then our co-host today is someone I've known since uh, before she was a teenager. And uh, now she's joining us today. So Rick and Lisa Bercy, amazing people. Rick uh, and Lisa, introduce yourselves, tell people about what you're doing, and, uh, and we'll get the show started that way. Thanks, Tom. Well, we are Rick and Lisa, as you say, but we, we are from Mississauga, Ontario. We have, uh, we pastored there, actually, I pastored at the church there, uh, Heartland uh, Church Connected for just over 10 years. Uh, my wife, Lisa, here is a, or was a, a, a public school teacher. And over the years of working as a pastor, over the years of working with children, I was also doing some children's entertainment and stuff like that. And and over the years, we we developed this uh, this passion for children. And uh, and over time, we also we also kind of changed the way that we we do our our lives. We we began to uh, see the need uh, for people just just to love people. It wasn't enough to be just pastoring people or talking to people or or help we had to just love on people and it it changed our 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 whole lives and over the course of time we we ended up coming to mexico with the youth group and uh and showing them that we thought we'd bring them down here and give them a a good cross-cultural and a good mission experience and that would change their lives and it actually ended up changing our lives and we ended up here and they're all up there working and very successful in in Ontario and uh, and we're down here working in Mexico. So so God had a really funny kind of way of, of, of doing that for us. But we ended up here uh, eight years ago, 2008. We sold what we had in, in Canada and moved all the way down here and uh, began the journey, began the process of opening Possibilities House. And uh, through the course of time, uh, we ended up with a home that's beautiful. We have children. We have uh, uh, great property. And uh, we're feeling very, very blessed at this time. Amazing, amazing. And boy, I was uh, I was telling Claudia, when I first heard it, when you made the announcement at church, I was like, oh, poor them. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't really understand the passion and the, the love you had. And when I see it now, it's not like, oh. Poor them. What has Rick gotten them into? Now it's like, oh, wow, obviously they're where God meant for them to be. And let's introduce our co-host, uh, Claudia, who is shorter than me and uh, preteen. And uh, now she's a beautiful young married lady. And uh, I love her parents as well. Her dad has an amazing story. So, Claudia, introduce yourself, how you know Rick and Lisa, and what you're doing to help them in their amazing ministry. 
Thank you, Tom. Um, so my name is Claudia, and I was born and raised in Mississauga, and um, my parents and I attended Heartland, the church connected, and I was about 15 years old um, in the youth group there at the time, and I was so fortunate to have Rick and Lisa Bercy as my um, youth pastors at the time, and um, it was just such um, an amazing experience um, going every Friday night um, to youth and just being so excited to be there because of these two people. They were just so fun and so um, helpful, and they were pivotal sort of in my growth as a teenager and a young adult. Um, and um, yeah, so we've maintained a relationship over the years. And uh, since then, I've become a physiotherapist, and I teach at McMaster University, and I've gotten married. But my husband and I have um, been able to host an annual charity 50-50 poker tournament to support Rick and Lisa um, and the work that they do in Mexico. Um, we um, have raised over $7,000 in the last two years, and we will be hosting the third event next Sunday, March the 5th um, in Toronto, and we're hoping to do the same um, so that these funds can go and support the great work that Rick and Lisa do for the children in Mexico. Right. $7,000 in Mexico money is like a million. Right. Right. So amazing, amazing work and a, a great annual fundraiser that uh, uh, means a lot. And this year, uh, Rick and Lisa, the, the funds are going to something uh, uh, I hadn't thought of. But when I saw what the funds were going to be raised for, tell us about that, because that's so important for the, the kids that you take in. Well, one of the things that we like to do in our home, one of the things that's actually legally required by the government at this point is to have a psychologist on staff and uh, and dealing with kids that are coming off the streets and, and from all kinds of situations of abuse and abandonment, they come in with trauma and it really affects their lives. And our goal is to really minister deeply in, into the lives of the kids. It's more than providing food and, and a bed. It's about helping kids deal with the trauma that they've experienced so that they can be successful in their futures. And, uh, and each kid comes in with a whole, whole wealth of problems. But um, we have a, a psychologist on staff. Her name is Alejandra Ali. And she's just been awesome in dealing with the kids. She work, gives sessions to the kids. She does play therapies with the kids. Uh, she meets with their families. So we do have family members that we're also helping to heal the family past. They come and visit weekly, supervised by her. And um, But it's, it costs. Our, our staff cost is, is our biggest cost by far. And, uh, and we have to raise all of our own funds. We don't get any government support in any way. So it is costly for us to do that. So this year, the um, Cards for Charity event is focusing on raising the actual entire salary for Alejandra. Uh, her salary is not not big because she only has a few hours. We've only been able to provide her with a few hours per week just based on our funding. But um, to raise $4,800 Canadian would actually provide her with her annual salary, and that includes the materials that she needs to run her program. And she's just incredible. Um, and the kids really, really need her. They've been really thriving with her. Uh, she she works one on one with them at times and as a group at times as well, but just very very necessary to our programming needs and, and our vision. And so so that's the goal for Cards for Charity for this year. 
Nice. What an amazing goal. And uh, I'm so excited about interviewing you guys. I forgot that I told Claudia she was going to have the first question. So uh, <laughs> I can dominate the call here. So uh, Claudia, let's uh, let you get in on the call and my uh, live studio audience of my wife and three dogs just came home from their walk. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Lisa, you just mentioned um, the whole piece with Alejandra. Would you say that that is what makes you guys different or is there anything else that makes you guys different? Well, it's, it's very much a part of what makes us different. We found um, when we were here in the beginning, we were doing a lot of research on what was happening with homes that are in the area, homes that are in the country. And here in Mexico, they don't have the foster program. Uh, Childcare for, for orphans and abandoned children and abused children is very, very institutional. And what we found worldwide actually is that nine out of 10 children that have grown up in institutional care when they age out or come out of the program, they actually return to the streets. And for us, that was just a devastating statistic, just devastating that what are we doing with our care when 90% of the kids aren't going anywhere? They're not giving back to their communities. They're not coming out healed and, and, and sound mentally and, and emotionally. And so we really have put a lot more, um, I think, decision-making and, and intentional care into into our vision and so our goal is actually to provide them care in all five areas of development that include physical care which is the obvious give them food give them um, a bed give them safety and security but also their emotional care which is where Ali comes in and is a big part uh, we look at their spiritual care we look at educational development for them and supports because usually, again, these kids coming into our home have missed most of their schooling. They've never had structure in their lives. They don't even know really how to respond to an adult. And social care as well, getting along with other people, learning how to share. Because when kids come into our care, they've missed parenting. And parenting provides all of those things very naturally. And so our goal is to, to switch that 9 out of 10 to believe that at least minimally we could come out with 9 out of 10 kids that will will actually be contributing to their communities. And we feel that in order to do that, the one ingredient that's been missing is the feeling of growing up in a family, the feeling of growing up where you say, I belong to somebody. And if you think of what our parents have done for us in, in healthy parenting situations, uh, we give kids all those areas of development. We give kids a sense that I'm there, somebody's looking out for me. And a lot of kids in institutional care feel like they're a number. Nobody ever helps them with their homework. Nobody ever, puts them in a sport they're interested in. They don't talk to them about their future, where they, what they want to be, what they want to study. There's no be plan. Because there's never a plan, because there's really no funding for that plan anyway. So the kids really feel like they're lost. So that when they age out, when they become 18 or 15 sometimes, they usually come out with a lack of education and nobody to fall back on. And, and our plan is to raise kids in a family setting with just maxing out at eight kids in a family with parents, with a father figure, Look, a husband and a wife couple and with multi-age grouping so that the kids aren't with the four-year-olds and when they grow up to be six years old they change to a different house nope we want them with the same family so that they get to know their parents and they grow up with younger siblings and older siblings just like a natural family is and we feel that that will make the child belong they'll feel like somebody somebody cares for me I'm loved and I belong here and, and it's a care that passes beyond the age of 18. So even though legally at 18, our kids can age out and they have the choice legally to do whatever they want, 
we still just as natural parents have that desire as we do with our own kids to say, okay, what, what's your plan? And we've already been begun talking to them. What do you want to do? Okay, so what will you have to study in order to do that? So we already have implemented, even though our oldest child right now is just turning 14 next week, we already have implemented how we're going to ensure that they're going to be able to study in university if they want to, or if they become 18 and they, they don't want to go to university or they don't have the grades to university. So how are we going to transition them into a great career? But all of that is, is what natural parenting is. And that's what our program is. So we want to make sure we treat each child and there's only going to be eight with each family. And so basically we're going to have a, a our goal is to have a community of foster families. So we would like to have five foster families with eight kids each and healthy house parents that are guiding that family, each with their own kind of rules and responsibilities, just like a regular family in a little community of five homes that's then fully serviced with our psychologist and our social worker with sports and nutrition helps and all of those kind of services that support those foster families to make them be healthy. So our, our training goes to the parents for trauma care. It's not just the psychologist that gets the trauma care. We provide training for all of our staff. Anybody that works closely with the children has to learn. We, we provide those educational supports, those extras, because we understand too that being a foster parent with eight kids is a heavy, heavy role. But that's where we, we see ourselves as being different. There's a bigger plan. It goes beyond the 18 and it goes beyond just the single physical care, which, which often is provided here. That's amazing. Thank you, Lisa. That is amazing. Wow. That is way different than the, than the nine out of 10 other homes that you were talking about. And boy, it makes me want to live there. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just a quick, quick story. Could drive me crazy. <laughs> uh, Claudia, so let's talk about your poker tournament. It's coming up third annual uh, next. So uh, tell us about it, uh, when it is and who it's for and the costs, uh, uh, because this is a major fundraiser and, uh, and a great event as well. Um, sure. So, uh, yep, this is the third annual event, um, and we're holding it next Sunday, March the 5th. Um, at 1.30 in the afternoon in Toronto um, at Park Lawn and Lakeshore um, in our condo party hall there. And um, we have um, run it two years prior and basically we um, get a bunch of um, dealers and poker tables that we hire. Um, so they're like a professional group that comes in and um, helps us run the event so everything goes smoothly. Um, and we have had uh, around 40 to 45 players in the um, in the past two tournaments, and uh, everyone has a really great time um, supporting this great cause. Um, and then we have a bunch of uh, different like food and snacks and just beverages and coffee um, as well to sort of um, complement the, the, the afternoon. And um, so it's a really good time, like great food, great friends and a great cause. And um, we're really looking forward to this um, to this one on Sunday. So um, we're just doing a lot of marketing um, via social media and word of mouth. Um, we we basically need about we need just under a thousand dollars to run the event, um, but all the other costs go directly to uh, Rick and Lisa. And so um, it's been successful the last two years uh, by the grace of God. He's really provided, and uh, we believe that he will again this year. 
Definitely, and anytime you can have a lot of fun while you're raising money, that's a, a double a double bonus. To give to a good cause and have a lot of fun. And uh, I think I read the winner can uh, can win. Uh, what's the winner win? Like fifteen hundred oh, yes, bucks. We're talking about um, money here and poker. <laughs> so what can the winner win, and how much does it cost to get in? That's right. So um, it is a fifty-fifty poker tournament. So half of the funds go to uh, Rick and Lisa's work at Castle Possibilities, and then half of the um, funds go to the pot um, of winnings. And so it's a hundred dollars to buy in. Um, and uh, the first place winner will get $1,500 and second place gets $750 and third place gets $250. So a total of $2,500 in winnings and then $2,500 go to Rick and Lisa and usually we are able to raise um, a bit more money through donations um, for Rick and Lisa. Um, last year, the, the first place and second place winners, they actually decided to split the pot. So they split it at $1,100 each and um, um, that was kind of their decision. So it's definitely a good amount of money that you can win. Um, it's not chump change, but you're also supporting an amazing cause. Right. Amazing. So anyone in the, in the Toronto area, if you want to if you like playing poker, you want to have fun, and you want to go to a good cause, this is a an amazing event, and it's annual. So uh, if you can't make it next this year, you make it next year. Uh, I shouldn't have gone this far in the interview without giving your website because people might be like, "Well, I live in Tuktoyaktuk, and I can't go to a poker tournament in Toronto. So how can I donate to this amazing cause?" So Possibilities House dot org possibilitieshouse.org there's a number of different ways to give money i'm just reading of a gift card program where i can buy gift cards and use them at places you already go to anyway and without spending any extra money and you can have it go to possibilities house so possibilitieshouse.org lots of different ways to give there and Hopefully you can make it to the uh, golf tournament as well. Uh, one thing I always wondered, uh, guys, is uh, you have your own two sons. And yes, like moving from Mississauga to not even the, you know, the Cabo area of Mexico to a less, <laughs> less resourced area than Cabo. Uh, did they have a hard time with that? Were they like begging you, please, please, I want to stay here? <laughs> it looks like they, well, I see they've grown up tall-wise. They're both like way taller than you guys. Uh, but yes. how do they take to it? And how do they take to you having to donate so much of your time to other kids that aren't your own? It, it's funny as you ask that, Tom. Most people don't ask that question. That's a great one. Um, our boys, when we first moved here, they were nine and six. So Alex, our oldest, was was nine years old and, and Jackson six. And we um, we struggled with the whole idea of that because we have two daughters uh, as well in Canada that are, are married and, and, and have their own families and, and little, little grandchildren and stuff now too. And so the whole thought of coming down here was a huge decision to have to make. Uh, so we, uh, we took the boys... Uh, several months before we actually came down here was our ultimate or last uh, uh, time that we brought the, the, the youth group down here. So we took our boys with us on that trip and uh, they really enjoyed Mexico. 
And so when we got back, we told them we were moving, you know, permanently. And this was what uh, we had planned and what we felt God was doing for us. And so we said, so, but we need your, you know, we need your approval on this. What do you think? And so they both together kind of said, um, if we go there, can we have a dog? <laughs> so, so the first, the, uh, the very first thing we did when we got here is we bought a dog. <laughs> so, so they, they were, uh, they've adjusted so well to, to the community and to, so well to the country that, um, they're they're more Mexican now than they are they are Canadian. Uh, our youngest son Jackson, especially, he spent more of his life here than he has in Canada, and he is uh, perfectly bilingual. He is uh, has adapted so much that that he's he's part of the culture here. He's not uh, uh, even the the children here don't even see him as different. They they're his all his friends, and uh, it's just like for him, it's just like growing up in Canada. This is what he is. And so he's adjusted beautifully. Alex is the same, but Alex this year decided uh, that he wanted to go to uh, Master's College and Seminary in uh, in Peterborough, Ontario. So he's gone there, and he's going to do a four-year program up there. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, uh, this is how God works, I guess. Uh, he has feeling he's feeling a very strong call to work in missions himself, independent of us, of course. But he feels that that's what he wants to do with his life. Uh, we didn't push him. Then uh, I wouldn't push this life on on anybody because you really have to have a calling. You really have to have uh, a determination and a vision to do what what's uh, put before you to do. And uh, and so I wouldn't push him into doing that for for anything in the world. But uh, that's what God has, has laid on his heart. So he's there in, in in Peterborough right now. We miss him a ton because he's a big presence. But he's. Uh, He's doing it and doing it well, and and uh, following his own his own path after after uh, after God into mission is a really strange thing feeling for us. But but uh, God has a funny way of, of working those things out. Our boys are content. They're uh, uh, it's it's been hard being away from our girls, but uh, the the life that the boys have here wouldn't trade it for anything. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Wow. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. Exciting. All right, Claudia, All right, Claudia you're, you're next. next. Um, all right. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask, what is it like in Mexico right now? What is the climate like? What do you guys see in the news and what are you dealing with? Well, um, you, you see on the news, the only thing you see is negativity. The stuff that comes through on, on, uh, on, uh, on the, through the media and stuff is just total, total uh, destruction, total gang warfare. So you never see the good stuff that's happening here. We actually went through in 2011, we went through a really rough uh, time here. There was a, there was some violence that broke out in our area that was just devastating. We lost a lot of young men here. We lost a, a, the, you know, the, in the community, we say we, we've lost a, a generation of young men. Uh, through through a war that was going on between the Zetas gang and the uh, and the Golfo cartel, and they they battled it out in our streets here for a while. So Lisa and I ended up leaving for uh, with our family for about ten days, and uh, coming back when we felt things were settled down a little bit. But we came became quite used to hearing gunshots, and and we were in caught in the middle of a of a major shootout at one point and stuff like that. But all of that has completely, thank God, it all has all completely died out. The state sent in the army, they sent in, they changed over the, the police force, which was kind of corrupt here as well. Uh, 
they and this place has calmed down and has become a real safe zone, a real safe, uh, actually our entire state. Uh, we are right next to the state of Tamaulipas. We are in Nueva León and right next to the state of Tamaulipas, which is one of the worst states. But uh, but it doesn't carry over into our state because of the the army presence and because the government has done a really good job here of uh, of controlling things and driving out the bad forces. So uh, uh, we're we're in an area right now that's quite content, quite safe, quite. Uh, it's actually quite easy to live here. We're out at night with the, the children. We take our kids down downtown and walk around. Uh, for a while, we couldn't do that at all, but it's quite safe and it's uh, quite a family, great family environment that we have here now. So we're feeling good about the, 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 the situation that we have. Other parts of Mexico, you're only gonna hear the bad stuff, but uh, trust me, Mexico is a beautiful place, beautiful culture. Uh, don't listen to Donald Trump. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. <laughs> and we're full of beautiful, beautiful people. Audio here because uh, I remember you as a young girl in the youth group asking all your interesting questions. Talk about uh, the effect that uh, Rick and Lisa have had on your life. Um, I would have to say that um, it was definitely a profound impact on my life. Um, I mean, I think God um, has a plan and everything happens for a reason. And I, I know that I was meant to be there and to be mentored and um, guided by Rick and Lisa. They did such a great job with all of us. We were a group of about 25 to 35 kids, I guess. Um, um, and, you know, I, I vividly remember Friday nights in youth group, really looking forward to going and not wanting to be somewhere else, like at the mall or the movies or I don't know, even somewhere worse, but um, it was awesome. They built this um, this unity amongst our, our group, and a lot of us are still friends. And um, you know, we we would go to retreats every once in a while, and those were some of the best weekends um, where we really got to grow closer to God. And um, there were some times, um, obviously, when you're a teenager that you don't feel like you can speak to your parents and there's stuff going on that um, can be confusing and complicating. And um, I, I always had the luxury of being able to go to Rick or Lisa. And I remember Rick meeting me one evening at Tim Hortons, um, you know, late at night when his little boys were probably asleep. And you know, just talking me through life and my situation and like these things I will never forget. And um, they, they, they were just so influential in making me the woman that I am today and um, keeping me grounded in my faith. And so I'm so grateful to them. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's, uh, that's why, why you yeah, do this fundraiser. A hundred percent. So a couple of summers ago, um, Rick and Lisa came down and we always love when they come back home and we get to see them and uh, they were just uh, talking to a bunch of us uh, friends and, and former youth group members um, and explaining um, the, the need for funds to obviously operate something such as Cast of Possibilities um, and um, they had requested whether it, um, anyone would be able to do sort of an annual fundraiser because then it, it kind of guarantees at least some sort of funds um, on an annual basis um, and that they don't have to kind of worry about that. 
Um, and I remember driving home from that and I called my husband um, and I asked him about it and he was actually the one, um, he should be here on the phone call too. Anyway, his name is Era and he is the one who came up with the idea of the poker tournament. He said um, he has had experience running events before and something like this. Um, he, he felt confident that we could be able to pull off um, in a fairly um, stream, streamlined way, something that we could structure and do year to year, um, which would, um, you know, be really fun, but also it would be just effective in what we want to do, um, uh, raise this type of money um, um, in, in this way. So, so yeah, so we kind of um, put our heads together and I, I Skyped Rick and sent him uh, an email and said, you know, we'd be able to take this on and um, it's it's been a pleasure. So, yeah. Amazing, Amazing story. story. And, uh, and, uh, I sat I in, sat on, in some on some of those uh, youth group meetings, meetings and, and, and I drove, drove to a few of those weekend events. And so I know so how I much fun you yeah. Rick, uh, Rick, uh, Rick and Rick and Lisa, Lisa you, mentioned you mentioned something, something earlier, earlier that, uh, that uh, is a little, a little bit, disturbing. bit disturbing. You get, you no, get money no money for these, for these kids? kids? Nope. nope. <laughs> um, um, here, here in Mexico, here in Mexico the, uh, the way that they, the way do, that they do things, all social programming, programming uh, things uh, that, that come from um, organizations like ours, is completely 100% funded by the organization. There is no government help. Uh, the government, as, as you uh, may have heard <laughs> through the through the news and stuff, the Mexican government has a tendency to be a little bit a uh, little bit corrupt. I don't want to be critical of anybody, but but there's a there's um, there's not a lot of funding that goes to to social programming and, and help for for children and families and stuff like that there uh, our state is getting much much better uh and i think mexico overall is getting much better they're starting to 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 move forward in these things but but um as of now we don't receive a, a single peso from uh, from mexico at all from the government so so one of our big challenges obviously is to be directors of the home and run the home on site because we're extremely busy running the home with the kids and being involved and with the trainings and just the operations of the home. But at the same time, it falls on our shoulders to raise all of the funding for the home and all of the funding for our own family to be here. So it, it is really costly and it's, it's extremely time consuming and it's, it's extremely stressful. But that's why we so appreciate when Claudia and Ara run this event for us because it just takes such a load off of our shoulders and there have been other organizations that have just or other well really groups of people that have really stepped up uh there's been a, a an event called christmas in the casa in, in grand falls windsor newfoundland that's run for a few years now and every year they just get together and they they rent a gym or a church building and they they have people uh bring their crafts and sell them and the 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 uh, profits basically go to us there's uh the Cards for Charity has been running for their third year now. There's a flag football game every year. Nestleton Waters Inn in Ontario runs a high tea for us at Christmas time. And they've done that, I believe, three years mm -hmm. now, too. And 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 then there's some things like some kids raising funds for kids, which is really awesome. So there's a public school in, called S.A. Cocker Public School that had Taco Tuesdays. And the kids every Tuesdays, every Tuesday could choose to purchase tacos. And the funds for that for over a year just raised a, enough money for us to purchase an entire playground set. So, so it's really incredible watching people who are really have never been on our site, have never met our kids, 
but just have a heart for helping the orphan and the vulnerable child in Mexico. And it, it's just amazing for us to see how people will step it up. And uh, and even this year in, in Brooklyn, Ontario, there was a marketplace over the Christmas time, very first time. And the number of people involved was just, it's ju just to us such an incredible blessing to see people step up and put a full day's work into something that they've never really been in contact with before. But it really shows the heart of the people up in Canada the uh, the passion people can have for the hurting in other other countries and uh and it's been such a great thing for us because it just means it saves us a trip flying home which is again expensive for us to do and time consuming and takes us away from from working directly one-on-one -on -one with that with that child that needs our help so um it's been just a great great experience for us having people step up and say hey you know what i could run this for you and uh, and especially when claudia and era have done this now they've committed to do it annually and it just saves us so much stress it, it's really expensive and it it's uh it's worth it for us but it's really hard and it can be really stressful for us so this is these people are just huge helping hands for us in in, in this labor of love that we're doing amen and i believe heartland a church connected is one of your partners as well we we do have some churches that have been on board heartland and calvary church and uh, yeah we do have several churches on board that have stepped up too and and support us annually or monthly and and that ongoing support is so important to us we have a number of individuals that support us and and that's what we need we need churches and businesses and individuals to uh to be able to sustain us we can't do it on our own and we can only do it with them and so we've re really been blessed in seeing people really step out and help us we have a child sponsorship program and a house sponsorship program as well um online that you can you can check out on our website um but those kinds of things are, are the things that we're we're looking for we want to be able to have a base coming in a guaranteed base coming in so that we don't have to spend all of our time trying to figure out ways to raise money we can spend and focus our time on raising the kids it's exactly what we're called to do uh, but it's strange that this has become such a part of our our, uh, our our work i always tell people that it's the weirdest thing for me that i've got to uh, my part of my job now is to tell and convince uh, Christians and, and and other organizations and, and people alike that the lives of orphans are, are worth donating money to. I would have thought that, that there'd be a lineup around the block for, for people to, to help orphans, but it's not that way. But people are very becoming very, very generous. Now that they know and, and these events that we're, we're running, these things are what promote us and help people to see what we're doing. And uh, eventually we're going to get to a place where it's going to be more about the children than raising the money. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's our goal. Amen. 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 And Claudia is helping you get there. So a reminder, a reminder people, possibilityhouse.org. And Claudia, I'll give you the last question today. Um, okay. Um, I don't really know what to ask. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll ask you how long do you guys um how long do you keep the children in your charge i guess you said 18 um years old and um maybe what's the long-term plan with casa possibilities and your long-term plan there excellent excellent question actually we we have partnered with an organization called uh, back to back uh it's back to, back to back Mexico, but they're also uh, a ministry out of uh, out of uh, Ohio. Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, they work here. In, they've been working here for about 17 years, 18 years in Monterey, and so they're our partners in country, and they developed a long-term 
educational program called the uh, uh, Hope Program, and or or Programa de Esperanza they call it. But it's basically it's a place for uh, where they have houses, homes like we do, uh, family-based style homes. And uh, what that happens is when children age out of the or or the orphanage itself or the children's home, they can move right into there and uh, continue on with another family with their education and uh, the long-term plan is there. Now we plan to, uh, on our own site here, we plan to do the same same kind of thing. One of the things that we, we are looking at are, is ways for children, if they're growing up in a family, uh, and, and it, there's several uh, universities uh, that have campuses here in our home, in our home city. So what we'd like to be able to do is, is have a whole program here so that children can stay uh, with us for, for the long term until they're finished their, their long term education. The the very most important thing, the thing that's going to change poverty, that's going to change the cycle of life for, for these children is going to be education. Uh, you keep them educated, you keep them moving forward. Uh, and so that our long term plan with every child is to find a way to to at least get them high school educated and then take them on from there. But our uh, normal homes will either uh, some homes let their kids go at 15. Um, we uh, minimally, uh, by law, we are we are responsible for them until they're 18. But by the time they're 18 with us, they should have a program in place. They should have a plan in place, and uh, and we should be able to, to take them through for the long haul. Uh, if a child decides that they want to want to study, wanna study right study here now, here now we can actually keep them with the family itself, keep them within it like you would for your, your own kids. We'll keep them long-term and, uh, and educate them right on through. So uh, we, don't, we, don't, uh, we don't ever want to, a child to, to feel like they don't have a future. There's no, there's no plan in place. So we begin with them very young, asking the questions. What do you want to do? Uh, what, what do you love? We look at each kid. We have a child, uh, a life program designed for each child. And you you work on their strengths. You you see the things that they love to do, and you just work it through that. And what comes out of them naturally will usually be where they 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 head. So we uh, we are very closely watching and very closely programming each child so that they uh, have the very best shot they could possibly have for the future. Amen. You're definitely following God's plan for your life and uh, doing way better than when I first heard. And I thought, oh, my God, like, what is Rick doing with those guys? <laughs> it's such a blessing. And thank you so much for your time, guys. Uh, Claudia, uh, thank you so much so for, for joining, joining us today. Us today and, and, and good luck with your poker turn. Thank you so much, Tom. Have yourself Have a great yourself day, a great everybody. Day, everybody. Thank, Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Claudia. Bye. Bye, Rick. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtootall.com for details.